welcome back everyone to the 12-1 podcast. My name is Amy Kirkpatrick and in this episode, we're going to be talking about finding satisfaction in our faith. And I'm not talking about satisfaction like I'm satisfied with what I've accomplished and so I'm going to start stop striving, but more that contentment, that joy and that peace within faith. I am in sunny Wichita right now. We're in the middle of September and it's just absolutely gorgeous here. So I'm so thankful for just this time to be here. It's been about a week and a half that we've been here. Um, We're just having a blast. And so um, it's just helping me to catch up on things and have some quiet time that's much needed quiet time. Uh, And as I said before, I have been kind of struggling for the last six months to get into the word. I, I love Bible study. It is written on my heart. I love Bible study. But lately, it seems like I've just been very disconnected from it, uh, kind of feeling like I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be studying. And when I'm studying, I don't necessarily feel like God is uh, giving me wisdom as I'm as I'm in it. And so, but since being here in Wichita, I feel like God is just opening my heart and just allowing the cracks to open up and all the the things, the shell, maybe the hardness that has gone around my heart is just starting to open. And I've been so thankful for it. I'm picking up my studies in the Old Testament. Uh, That's where I kind of stopped and I wanted to go back there. So I'm in Joshua 13. uh, And Joshua 13 is kind of the first of several chapters that talk about the Israelites finally getting their their piece of land. They're in the promised land. They had to go to war, Jericho, you know, the the wall falls, all that. And now they're finally getting the keys to their inheritance. They're kind of getting their property, the keys to their home. Uh, And so this is kind of the story of everybody you know, being listed off of who's who and connected to who and what land they're getting. And so these chapters are kind of dry, you know, you know what they, (laughs) how they kind of are. We all been through chapters like that, where it's just lists and lists of people. And it's just very hard to follow and know what's significant. Um, But I did go through commentary just to see if there was anything that stood out. But this time, commentary didn't reveal like any insights. It was really, um, I was going through it and there was just one verse that I've, you know, gone through and I, I read it. But as I was going through commentary, suddenly it just, it just leapt off the page. It felt like God had highlighted it for me. You know, my husband and I sometimes share books and we read through the same books. And my, my husband is a, a, a line he underlines important things in books, things that he wants to note later. He underlines all of it in pencil. And so it's kind of, that's what it kind of felt like. When I'm reading one of my husband's books, I go through and I'll, I'll flip a page and start reading and I'll hit something that he underlines and suddenly my reading kind of slows down and I emphasize what I what I just read, right? So it's kind of like that. There was just this verse that stuck out to me and I and I I wanted to sit on it and kind of process through it and it, it kind of open something in my heart. And so I'm going to read the verse to you. And it goes like this. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord, the God of Israel is their inheritance as he promised. Okay. So like I said, I feel like God highlighted that. Like as I was sitting there for some reason, my I just got stuck on it. I started thinking about it. And I was just thinking about how 12 tribes were all being given their their property and it was being announced. And I'm sure there was ceremony and there was kind of this 
celebration happening of they're finally gaining their land. And then they turn to uh, the Levites and they just kind of say, you know, you don't have this inheritance. And I was just thinking, man, that, that would be so hard. And, and so when God highlights a verse like that, I like to stop and kind of meditate on it. And, you know, for forever, I didn't really realize what meditation meant. It kind of sounded so Christian-y and it kind of made me almost uncomfortable. Like, I don't know, like, like superior Christianism. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like that. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to just sit and meditate. And I thought sit and meditate meant that you sat and you just rattled something off in your head over and over and over and over and over again, um, almost in an obsessive way. And, you know, that's just a calloused heart just thinking. But uh, but for me, I don't, I, I'm guessing some people do that. But for me, how meditation works is I like to break down my thoughts and, and sit there and think through each thought and kind of come up with answers to my questions that I'm creating. And that's how I do it. I have a couple other ways of doing it. It's not intentional. This is, this is truly just feeling led to focus on a verse. And then I just sit there and allow my, my brain just to run and to think and to process through it. It, This is not an intentional, like I am going to meditate, you know? So I just wanted to put that out there because I know uh, I love to kind of break down uh, Christianese. And so when we say meditate on a verse, it can feel very disconnected for some people that don't understand those terms. So anyway, um, so I put my Bible down and as I say the verse over and over, I start to come up with these thoughts or these questions. And the first thing that started rolling through my head is uh, that they had no inheritance. How would I feel if I was part of a people group who received nothing? A son who received no inheritance when the other brother got something, you know, all these people around us now have this land that they can build up a city, they can build their homes on, they can call it theirs. But how would I feel if I got nothing, if I was the one that was left out and would I feel left out? Then the other thought is the Lord God of Israel is their inheritance. That's, that's what it says in the scripture. It says the Lord, the God of Israel is their inheritance. So it isn't nothing. They didn't get nothing from God. It's God himself. He got God himself. So we know that the Levites become the priests. Uh, And so my next question that's kind of coming in my head, so are they gaining a closeness with God? You know, are they, do they have ability to serve God in a, in a supernatural way? Is this a more intimate relationship? Like why does it say that their inheritance was God? They were given something and I want to kind of understand what that is. I'm curious what that is. So if they didn't get land, but they got God, uh, was this an ability to serve and honor God in a way that others didn't or experience God in a way that others didn't? And then it says in the verse, as he promised, and so when someone promises us something, it's for our benefit. Like I was, I was sitting there trying to think about, is there ever a time that you could be promised something that isn't good, something that you don't want? Uh, I was thinking about my son. He's having some issues with wanting to eat, uh, you know, big boy food. So veggies and that kind of thing. And, you know, every kid goes through it. Uh, and so I had promised that I was going to stick to my word, right? So I guess that would be one. Um, but for the most part, promises are something that is tip- typically good. It's a benefit to you. So God being given to the Levites was a benefit. It was something that was good for them. So we know that they got something really, really special in all this. But it made me, my head kind of turn and sit there and think about that for a second. Okay, so here's where my brain goes. I start to think about this. And I thought, if God gave me nothing but himself, 
And with that, I knew I would be connected to him, more connected to him, that I would have a deeper relationship with him and could powerfully minister to others through him. Would I be thankful? Would I be satisfied? Would I be at peace with that? If all I gained was God and I got nothing else from him, you know, all the Levites, they, they have a town. They get, a, they get kind of a city that they get to reside in. Um, so it's not like they don't have the ability to build houses and that sort of thing. But the Levites didn't receive a land to build their own territory, to build their own kingdom of sorts. Would we be okay with that? Would we be joyful in that? Is God alone enough? And that's where my brain sat. You know, I'm re- reading through all these random names and I read that one line about not getting inheritance, and but they got God. And I just thought, you know, I wonder if they were satisfied with that. Were they pleased? Did they walk away feeling like they were the ones that came out on top? You know, we kind of always compare. We always are looking. And so when those Levites walked away, did they think they were on top? And would I feel that way? Uh, so that's kind of like my little my little question that I have for myself right now. I love this quote, and I really wanted to share it. I just saw it actually just the other day. So it's kind of something that had been coming up this week. And this is by Martin Luther, and it says, I cannot live in paradise without the word of God, but I could live well enough in hell with it. Isn't that what he's saying here? That even in paradise, he'd be he'd be lacking if he didn't have the word of God. But even in hell, if he had the word of God, then he could be well enough that that if he had the word of God in the worst place you can possibly imagine, he'd at least have God, you know, that and that's something that, oh, that is so cool. That is so neat to think about, you know, where do we sit in this and are we happy with having God alone or do we demand to have more? Is God enough? I had to ask this a lot in life. If he didn't answer your prayer the way you wanted it to, is he enough? I had to wrestle with that over and over. If you have to go through a tough battle and he doesn't take away from you, is he enough? If I pray, go to church, make sacrifices, work to please him, give, serve, praise him, and the battle of long suffering is still there, is he enough? Is he enough? If everything that you do in order to live a right life comes down and and you feel like you have not gained anything in the in the world as far as you know luxuries and the right job and life's been hard and things have gone south left and right and there's just hardship after hardship but you had God in your heart and you had a deep relationship with him is that enough I love what it says in 1 Peter 2.5. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay, so notice the key words here. It says that you're being built up as a spiritual house. We're going to be a house, right? A holy priesthood, so much like the Levites, right? We are going to be priests, and we offer up spiritual sacrifices to our God. So because of this, we are being worked on, we're being built up. And I want to just put this out there as I'm asking this question, is God enough? 
if God isn't enough, he's not enough yet. Okay, maybe maybe this is something that we all need to be built up on. Maybe this is a part of walking in faith is that we can we can pray and we can have passion and belief and power in our prayer, but at the same time, it doesn't our faith and our love for God is not defined by whether he blesses us in abundance and we're wealthy and have all the things of our dreams right? That, that's not what faith is. That's not what a love for God is. And so, you know, maybe that's part of the refinement. Maybe that is the refinement that comes over time spending with God and getting into his word that he's refining us to fall madly in love with him just as he is, just because he's God, just because he's our creator and because he has sacrificed everything at the cost of his life so that we can be with him. You know, that maybe that's what it is. It's getting rid of all the other factors and just focusing in on him, our Lord Almighty. That's kind of a really, really cool thought. You know, just getting down to the basics of what is our faith really about. And and I don't want anybody to feel ashamed about where they're at, but know that they are a part of this process of First Peter 2.5. You are being built up as a spiritual house. You are being made into so how do we get to a place where God is enough? Like, what is the process in that? And I know this is, you know, something that I'm proposing is a year after year long, um, drawn out part of the faith walk. This isn't something that's just going to flip overnight. But how do we get to that place? You know, I just it's good to discuss. How do we get to that place where God is enough without the expectation of him making us um, so abundantly rich and wealthy in blessings that that's just what we we expect and kind of demand in order for it to be an actual relationship. You know, when when we think about living in America, right, we already are the wealthiest people in the entire world. You know, the fact that we have a car and then we make more than $10,000 a year, heck, even $1,000 a year. Uh, the fact that we have a full education, something that people sacrifice their lives for walk through enemy territory, you know, with um, machine guns strapped to their chests just to get to school every morning. When we think about those things, it helps us to put into perspective that God has already blessed us so abundantly that that we need to sit back and and really be thankful and and prayerful and um, and to praise God for that all by itself, right? And so I think the very first thing that really is important is to check our perspective. Ask God to help us see uh, those blessings and to see that God has already worked miracles in our lives to bless us in a, in a way that is just unfathomable for so many millions and millions of people all over the world. We are w- living in absolute royalty here in America. And so just to kind of sit and pause and think about that, to not be afraid to see videos um, and research what's happening in other parts of the world, or if you're able to go on mission trips, part of that is to go share the gospel, yes, but it is so good for a soul to step outside of comfort and to go see what other people are dealing with in the world and to see, you know, when I went to Indonesia, one of the things I noticed is just absolute poverty, but a happiness that is so pure and true that I don't see in America. And that was so challenging for me to see people in dirt floor houses, yet sitting on their front porch laughing and and bringing people into their home and feeding people 
meal and sharing life together. It's just, it was beautiful. Uh, So I think perspective is very good. And then I also want to put this out there and I, I want you guys to not be afraid to examine why you followed God in the first place. Why did you choose God? Was it because you needed him? For me, I was destroying myself. I I completely like ruined my life in so many different ways. There were so many horrible things happening at the cost of decisions I had made. And I needed him to rescue me, to take me a new way. It wasn't about anything beyond that. Like I didn't need to know that he would be a healer or a comforter or that he would lead me. I just needed him to to come and get me from this place where I was drowning. Like I needed him to rescue me. That was my absolute greatest need at the moment. Uh, Most of us had a very simple requirements of God, just to be God, be with me, transform me, rescue me. You know, our our original draw to the Lord was simple. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't messy. All we wanted was Him. And that's kind of what I'm posing here is, you know, when we're at the beginning of our faith, uh, some of us feel the Holy Spirit so strongly in the beginning of our faith. And I think it's just because faith is so simplified in the beginning. It's just about God. We're so in awe of him. We're so just marveling and just taking in and soaking in who he is. And then it becomes something where we add him into our life. And slowly but surely, uh, that that shine doesn't seem to be so remarkable anymore that this presence doesn't seem to be as precious. Uh, and so that's kind of a good thing, I think, to sit and see why. Why did I want him in the first place? We all came to the feet of Jesus for the simplest of reasons. We came because we wanted to sit by him and just be near him. And in my my darkest days, I remember just telling him, I just want to touch your feet. I just want to feel your sandals and feel your robe in my hands. I want to feel what your hand feels like in my hand. I want to feel your warmth and hear your breath as you're breathing or that you're teaching or you're talking. I want to lay my head against your knee as you're sitting down and talking to everybody else. And I just want to lean up against you and just feel you near me. And I think about that and I think, gosh, what a, what a beautiful thing just to be so content with just being near him, not even gaining anything, just being near him. How safe would you feel if you knew you were one of the 12 disciples, for example, and you're just sitting, sitting in the grass, you're just listening to him talk and just hearing his voice, your eyes are closed and you're just experiencing the world around you. You know, you can hear the birds and all that, all that stuff and you can feel the wind on your back, but you can hear Jesus's voice and he's just talking. How at peace, how content, how full would you feel just in that moment alone? And lastly, I think it's good just to have good old confession. It's a great way to work through things. And I, I think it's so good just to talk with God very rawly about um, how you're feeling. And I know I've sat with God and I've had these conversations and, you know, I just think about things that I would say like, Lord, I am so sorry that I have made you into a God who owes me, that you are obligated, that you are obligated to meet my desires. Father, if you stripped it all away, I know at the depth of my heart, you are enough. Help me to walk in light of that. Help me to focus on you alone and not this idea that you work for me. 
You are enough. If my blessings, inheritance, and gift was you, I am okay with that. You know, I think another part of it too is I just realized, and I think this helps in my story and why I came to Christ. I know what my life would look like without God. And it would be messy and horrible, and I'd be hurting people, and my life would be absolutely in shambles. I know what I do, what Amy in my raw, natural state uh, does and is without God. And so, you know, when I sit here and think about, is he enough? I think, absolutely, because I cannot survive without him. He came and rescued me at one point, but he has held me together ever since. And so, yes, there are things in my heart that I desire, that I want, that, you know, I, you know, I pray for, but at the same time, if God said, listen, you're going to go through a period where it's just you and me. We're not going to do any of that extra stuff. We're not, we're not, you know, going to do any of the, your desires of your heart. It's just going to be a journey of just me and you. Would I be content? And I think of the very, very depths of my soul. Once I stop fighting myself, stop fighting my flesh, stop complaining, stop um, hyper-focusing on everything that's wrong in my life. I know I would come to a place where I'd be so content just to sit by him, just to breathe him in, to soak him in, just to be a sponge and literally let him just invade every part of who I am. I'm so thankful for who God is. And I think the more I praise him, the more I'm content and the more I'm happy with him being my inheritance, that without everything else coming into play, I'm happy just being with him. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will hit that like button, subscribe and share this uh, podcast with other people so that other people can enjoy it as well. And feel free, if you have any questions, comments, need encouragement, feel free to write me at 121podcast at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no numbers. I would love to hear from you and talk with you. Thank you so much, you guys. And I just pray for all of you. Have a good day.